When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Brad Lewis joins us. Brad has been putting the cricket schedule together here for SENZ because we are bringing you ball-by-ball coverage of most of the internationals throughout summer. Brad, it's um, been a big logistical undertaking. Mate, has it what? Uh, but very, very excited. Steve Davey, Wally Lees to get us underway uh, with these games on the weekends. Uh, five or uh, six white ball games between Pakistan and the White Ferns and then uh, towards the back end of the 18th of Jan, the Black Caps get underway as well. What do we know about the women's Pakistan team? They're at the World Cup. They did pretty decent. Uh, they won a couple of games. Uh, they had the White Ferns in trouble, if memory serves, uh, when they played them, but um, I think they got themselves out of trouble. Uh, so, look, they're not obviously the strength of the men's team, and it's a team you'd expect. But, but it's organically building. Yeah, yeah. Which, which it needs to. Yeah, yeah. like uh, we, we've seen, a, 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 I think the Sri Lankan team's a lot better than they than they used to well, be. I think we've the, seen the rise of South African cricket in well, the women's game as yeah, well. Yeah, so. Indians women's cricket's risen too. I remember yeah. watching them years ago and they were woeful and you really only look at the Australian women's team and the England women's team and that's not the case now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're, they're, they're on the rise, uh, but at home and in New Zealand conditions. Three great venues to kick it off too. They're playing University Oval twice, uh, Hagley Oval for a couple of games in Queenstown as well. So uh, great, great. Way to kick yeah, the summer off. Uh, Queenstown's a lovely ground. I mean, yeah. you've got the remarkables there in the background. You occasionally get interrupted by the odd 747 landing. But I was down there oh, years ago watching Pakistan doing a bit of work down there. And it's a venue I'd like to see utilised more. I think you'll just naturally get crowds, you'll get tourists, mm. even if it's just purely from a novelty point of view turning up. People just curious to see what cricket is that do arrive in Queenstown. There's a decent overseas. wicket, too, if yeah. mem- memory serves. Like, I mean, Glenn. And it's an oval. Yeah, Glenn Phillips got a big score there a few years ago. Uh, I remember um, a few years before that, Jesse Ryder got a big score down there, so uh, the forgotten man of New Zealand cricket. Is that before or after I can custom? Um, if memory serves in that fight, water didn't go so well for me. <laughs> I don't have a memory. <laughs> I, I, I do. I do remember with a whole bunch of ex-radio sport boys, we were in the office that night watching that. And we're all cheering for your water. Yeah, all good. Quite go no, no, all good. Uh, we won't go there. That's not what I brought it up for. Um, okay. Uh, what else was I'd like to see Molyneux Park and Alexandra developed I think that is just a stunning beautiful ground Uh, Saxon Oval's got some White Ferns games at the back end of the season that's Nelson Uh, um, when England tour here eight, eight, um, eight game tour by England at the back end of the year uh, I think the Black Caps are playing Australia at all the, the venues you'd expect. Uh, Eden Park's got some T20s. Play three T20s against Australia and then two test matches, uh, Hamilton and Wellington. Wellington, is it? Or is it Christchurch? Or is it Christchurch? Yeah, I mean, it's Christchurch and Wellington. Hagley Oval's a nice ground. A beautiful, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they've done a good job. I, I like her grounds. I just, again, I just find them, even Hagley Oval to a degree, just a bit benign. I just want to see a little bit more back for the bowlers, hmm. even here. Well, I think in test match wickets, historically in New Zealand, they have been, the base reason- has always been reasonably green early doors, but sometimes, uh, if memory serves, they can also, uh, like, 
that they flatter to the seat. They're not quite as movie as you, as you'd expect them. The, the ball doesn't move as much as as you as you would expect. But look, I think uh, history would show that the last few three or four years definitely been uh, batting wickets in New Zealand. We had an interesting discussion yesterday, and very complimentary, and not not certainly trying to diminish one over the other. Kane Williamson, Martin Crowe, who was our greatest ever batsman, easy to look at the statistics and immediately go Kane Williamson. Uh, I know you're friends with Scott Styrus, and Scott Styrus has added another name into the hat. Yeah, he thinks Ross Taylor's the greatest player. This is a conversation I had at a, a barbecue with him many, many Christmases ago, and uh, that conversation came, came up, who's the best Crowe Williamson? He goes, Ross Taylor. So, like, just just in terms of uh, longevity, the the runs, who he, the, who he scored his runs get at what time he's got them. Two hundred ninety uh, against Australia in Australia, still the highest correct. total by any player in Australia visiting Australia. Yeah, uh, so uh, it's, a, it's it's an interesting debate. Uh, Martin Crow wins the eye test for me. Uh, I'm kind of lucky, Watto, as you are as well, is that um, grew up. Watched Loving Cricket sort of late 80s, um, so got to see the sort of last three or four years of Martin Crow's career. I first cr- uh, cricket memory, as uh, you were talking about it yesterday, was the Boxing Day test in 87 when we got robbed, um, thanks to whatever umpire it was, not giving uh, Tony Dolomate our RBW uh, at the back end of the game, or might have been Craig McDermott. Uh, but yeah, um, got to see Crow bat. Got to see Andrew Jones back, got to see Taylor back, got to see Williamson back. Uh, they're all fantastic players. Andrew Jones probably the guy that goes under the radar the most. Yep. Uh, wasn't a particularly uh, aesthetically pleasing player, but boy, oh boy, did that boy produce some results. Yeah, but there was also another player in the 1980s. We've had two John Reeds who have represented New Zealand, yep. and the second of the John Reeds Only had a short career. 18, boy, 19 tests. Wonderful, wonderful player. 40, yeah. Glenn Turner stepped out of international duty because of money, and he felt that they should be getting paid. Guy scores 100 first-class hundreds. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, I, I watched him in 1983, I think, against England, getting dropped on six to go on and score 136 in a one-day game. Never never had the privilege of watching him bat, but from people that did, that have told me he was the best player they've certainly seen. And I said to you out in the office before, the best player for me that I have ever watched live or on TV is Ricky Ponting. Yeah, I agree with you, and I don't have any problem with that. I mean, he was orthodox too, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, you look at Steve Smith for Australia, remarkable record, but he's unorthodox. He's not yeah. pretty to watch, but he's effective. But in terms of textbook, yeah, it's orthodox Rick, cricket, Ricky Ponting the all way day. you're taught, the way you get over, you know, it's Ponting. Yeah, yeah. So it's a great debate. Williamson's record stacks up there with all the top three in the world right oh, now, though. It's it unbelievably does. good. It absolutely does. Uh, it's, it's such an interesting debate. I think, you know, the modern modern people definitely go Kane, and Kane is an outstanding player, and uh, words that will always stick in my head, uh, I was I was watching a game of cricket, and it was when Kane Williamson was first called into the New Zealand team, and Simon Dorr went on record and said he is going to be the greatest player in the history of New Zealand cricket before he'd scored a test run. Mm. And that came from Dorley. See, if you were to extend it and maybe redefine what we're asking, if you say who is the most talented batsman we've seen, I would probably, I mean, you put Jesse Ryder in the next, I would probably say Brendan McCullum. Yeah, for talent? Just for pure talent. Yeah, potentially, in terms of being able pure to play. Pure X factor and just could, could extraordinary things. His wagon wheel was the whole, you know, was, was literally right. the, the, the whole. Uh, fastest test century in history, fastest, you know, 300 here, first New Zealand to do that, but the way in which he accumulated his runs, the I way think, he took those attacks on in that Cricket World Cup in 2015, mate. He invented the ramp shot, mate. I think Stephen Fleming with Kane Williamson's temperament could have been a lot better than what his statistics suggested. Uh, he was a, f- a beautiful batsman to watch back in the day, Flem, but what well, only just averaged 40 by the time his career finished. He's got a great one-day record, Flem. Uh, but he was always a very aesthetically pleasing watcher, to, uh, mm. pl- uh, batsman to watch. 
Yeah, it's always a good debate. You, you might have some thoughts on that still out there. I know it's sort of been going on over a couple of days, but you may have just tuned in. Um, text us here on double eight double three. If you want to jump on the phones, 0800 150811, happy to take your call. Hey, look, um, interesting article that I read when I got home yesterday, and, and for some reason this guy does resonate with me, and sometimes, I don't know, he comes into my thought process, and that's Lou Vincent. Now, Lou Vincent, um, a very likeable guy, but somewhat flawed, I guess, like a lot of us, you know, he's dealt and he's acknowledged it, doubt at times with some mental health issues. Mm-hmm. But handed a lifetime ban in 2014 by the England and Wales Cricket Board after he admitted breaching um, match-fixing laws and stuff. Uh, life ban. Um, is it time to lift it? I mean, this guy... OK, he's not in prison or anything, but cricket's defined him. Cricket's his life, and you've taken that away from him. So it is basically locking him up in a jail. John Braceville former New Zealand great and former coach has come out and said, look, we let people out of jail mm. who have committed murder. Why can't we release this guy? There's several players, not called Lou Vincent, that have been found guilty and, and admitted to match-fixing. That have Mohammed Amir from Pakistan, one that comes to mind, he did not get a life ban. I think he got a 10-year ban. He's playing domestic cricket in Pakistan. Uh, look... Lou Vincent... Uh, and there's lots of innuendo around a whole lot of other players. Indeed. Lou Vincent, look, uh, obviously he uh, he was reasonably naive, I would say, Watto. Um, took people at face value and okay. saw the chance to make some quick coin. Uh, didn't work out so well for him, obviously. But, yeah, look, uh, what, he should be able to just go and play some club cricket. Surely. Yeah, you sort of sense that he was made a little bit of the scapegoat too. I, I see it in cycling where often they'll go and get the guy for drugs who's just that sort of domestic in the middle of the peloton almost to say, look, we are serious about what we do, but really they can't afford the scandal with the big players. Correct. It's like you, you, you think you about see, the mafia, he, he he's underneath the underboss, right? Yeah. So he was sort of one of the, yeah. the, the, the the sort of people that walk around. Well, it's like the big drug cartels. They bribe all the... They bribe all the um, um, custom officers and the right. custom officers pick up the guy that's taking three kilograms through. Meanwhile, the 3,000 tonnes, uh, see you later, you know? <laughs> but it's like, hey, look, we're doing our job, but not yeah. really. Yeah, I've yeah. met Lou Watto uh, in a previous life uh, and um, this was just as all of the sort of stuff was coming out. Lovely guy, uh, was really, really apologetic and felt he'd let, he'd, he'd let, it was very remorseful, felt he let down an entire country, his entire family, uh, and as you said, um, self-admittedly was dealing with personal uh, demons and health issues, and yeah, like, cut the guy some slack, man. He's well, not a bad human being. No, and I'll say this, he's got some mental health issues. I mean, He's he, never murdered anybody. No, he hasn't. He hasn't murdered anybody, and I'll, I'll say this, and I've said it throughout the afternoon, but you do look at Steve Smith, you, 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 you do have a look at David Warner, you look at Sam Papergate. That wasn't the first time they did it. It was the first time they were caught. But that is still, in my opinion, a form of match fixing. You are still suddenly putting the percentages in favour of the bowler mm-hmm. with what you're doing. And yet here these guys are, OK, get suspended for a year, lose the captaincy, but they're back playing. They've just won a World Cup. They're, they're national millions heroes. Of dollars and they're still national heroes, and they're allowed to get on with it. I, I David at, Warner's just signed a multi-million dollar deal to be a commentator with Fox Sports. So, so you're telling me, I'll argue that the Sandpaper Gate was far more detrimental because the level of it was at, the players that were involved were far more detrimental to cricket than what Lou Vincent's done. And for society to work, you've got to have a level judicial system. You've got to have a fair judicial system, and it's not fair. No. I'll argue too, the IPL, now I've been up to India, you talk to anybody that's dealt in India, it's just, it's, it, as a society, it, business runs on corruption. That's just the reality of it. 
there's not a lot of honesty, but everybody's so, – so it's economies of scale anyway. But I don't believe for one moment the IPL is just this legitimate. I'm not saying match-fixing goes on, but you can't tell me that's not some sense of money laundering going on in there to pay for all of this. Yes, and when it's all said and done, mm. and people can go, well, where's your evidence? My argument to that is, well, was Al Capone only guilty of tax evasion? I mean, there is a lot of skullduggery that's just below the surface in cricket mm. that people are getting away with. We all know about it. We've all heard about it. And yet, Lou Vincent's the scapegoat. Because he was brave enough to actually hmm. put his name on the line and say, yeah, I did this. I know he was hmm. he was caught uh, but, red-handed. But, yeah, look, uh, as I said, Wado, he's not a bad human being. Uh, he, he wouldn't hurt a fly. Uh, and he made some serious mistakes late in his career. And he's really, really paying for them now um, in terms of what life is like for him after sport. Yeah, but, I mean, he's living down in Lumsden, isn't he? Now, yep. being through Lumsden as part of the tour of Southland. But you imagine what he could do for cricket in that region, just give an opportunity to go coaching some kids in schools or Correct. be involved in a First Eleven program or women's cricket. He's got something to offer, mate. And I think mm. he should be allowed to now... Um, put something back into the sport and say, you know what, hey, he doesn't need to capitalise on it commercially, no. but just at least go, hey, I, I want to redeem myself. I actually now want and to take the talents I've got and hopefully inspire the next generation. And there's 14 to 19-year-olds that are playing cricket in Lums and that probably have no idea who Lou Vincent is or what he did to get himself into mm. that position. So, mm. yeah, I, I have no problem with oh, that. Look, but also, too, you know, I, I, I'm not particularly leaning on drugs and sport, and I think once you get to a certain age, you know why you're doing it, and you're defrauding people out of money, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm probably maybe a little bit hypocritical because I'm less tolerant on that than I am maybe on the Lou Vincent situation. But I also know, you know, there are a lot of athletes at 18, 19 who are coerced, who are maybe a little bit... Um, uh, naive or who are impressionable, who, yeah, mm. don't do it with any, yeah, don't really understand what they're doing or they're just following the leader. And I still feel that's a little bit like Lou Vincent. Yeah, he just, he's just, an, he's just, an, he himself admitted as a naive, was a naive person who, yeah, I won't get into that because I might get in trouble. <laughs> no, no, no. We, um, how, now, just quickly, what's on the show this afternoon? Coming from three, yeah, we've got so the great Kimberly Downs. The Downs from Dummy Absolute Heart. sensational Kimberly Downs, uh, One News, Auckland. Uh, we have Robbie Madison, who's a, a Daredevil stunt writer. He's on the show after five o'clock. Uh, we've got Leah Tahu from the White Ferns on. First game on Sunday live here on SCNZ. Coverage from 12.30. Wally Lees and Steve Davey out of University Oval. So Leah Tahu on the show after four. And former White Fern Katie Fern, uh, Katie Fern uh, Katie Martin who's been over in Australia for the Big Bash doing some commentary she's part of TVNZ's commentary team um, she's doing she's doing wonder, wonderful things in the world of commentary post-career really making a name for herself she's on the show around 3.30 um, and we've also got Jamie Wall on our panel the great Hamiz Wallace the great man the great Hamiz <laughs> yeah Jamie it's funny I've just been recently doing some football in South America and you get these names and you go that is Hamiz and Jesus it's James yeah and it's yeah. James and it's, yeah. and it's Jesus it's not Jesus and then you get, um, um, oh, what's the great uh, New York Yankees player? Um, oh, I think Babe it, Ruth. No, 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 no. Yogi Berra. No, more modern times. Derek Jeter. No, more m- modern times. Um, was he the catcher for the Yankees? Um, oh, Pineda. Jose, Pine- Jose Pineda. Yeah, was it Jose? Um, but what? Jorge. Jorge Pineda. Yeah, yeah and yeah. the way you go Jorge versus George. George, yeah. yeah. And I love yeah. that Jorge bit. I yeah. love that. I'm like, can I just say that? Can I just, as a commentator, and Jorge rather than George. George, brilliant. Hey, thanks, Brad. Lovely. No worries. Uh, hey, look, if you Mark want to have Ross. a conversation on the Lou Vince and anything we've discussed there, love to get your thoughts. Uh, it's the end of the week, a bit of a free-for-all. It is a tough time of year. It is a little sort of in-between. 0800 150 811 is the number. Um, Kerry, good afternoon. Hey, what are you? Good, thanks. 
Yeah, I'd uh, probably just about agree with old Lou Vincent. Um, done his time. He's stuffed up. We've all stuffed up now and then. Um, Manu Vatavai comes to mind as well. Yeah, great example, actually. Really good example. And I'd, I'd argue the level of his um, criminal activity was probably more severe and more detrimental to society than that of Lou Vincent. Yep, 100% agree. I was a bit sceptical when he got out and then everyone thought that the Warriors had employed him again. And um, Yeah, it was a bit of up in arms, but obviously further into it, they hadn't, he wasn't, well, he didn't, Allegedly, as getting paid, but he's 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 um, escaped a bloody big, um, um, you know, go, go, getting back to the Warriors and that. And I hope he's going to give it back 100. percent I think Lou Vincent would do immense stuff to New Zealand cricket, uh, giving him a chance. Yeah, I, I, I'm with. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think ten years is enough, you know. And um, but also too, I just think the mental health issues that Lou's um, suffered because of this too. And I don't think anyone deserves to go through the rest of their life, um, you know, questioning their very existence when they're having some bad days, you know. Yeah, oh, 100 um, percent. And yeah, great day is tomorrow. Um, but. Yeah, we'll all be working. I don't think I could do a crate these days anyway. <laughs> no, I can't, uh, I can't either, eh? It's like you think a crate day and you think everyone's just going to go through an entire crate, but apparently you just share a crate. Is that the rules? I'm not sure what the rules are, Gary. The weather's fine down here, so my, my boys will be cutting hay tomorrow, so they won't be doing it any, either. So how much we'll land, have a quiet... How, how much land have well, you got? I do a bit of contracting, so, um, yep. We'll just have a quiet, uh, quiet beer tomorrow night. We'll be sufficient enough, I think. So you got your boys on the weekend working, eh? That's good on you. Yep, no, definitely. So yeah, uh, uh, great show, guys, and uh, have a good weekend. No, appreciate it. Thank you. It is twenty-two minutes coming up to twenty-two minutes after two. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight double one. The lines are open. Um, yeah, if you want to still have the debate around uh, our leading Test player, another one comes into the mix, Ross Taylor. Um, Martin Crow or Kane Williamson um, and the Lou Vincent scenario um, is it time to forgive and forget or well, not forget but forgive if you know what I mean 0800 1508 text us 8833